0: Praise Yahweh. 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to read verses 41 through 46 again. Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat, and drink, for there is the sound of a rainstorm. So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah went up to the summit of Carmel. He bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. And then he said to his servant, Go up and look toward the sea. So he went up, looked, and said, there's nothing. Seven times Elijah said, go back. And on the seventh time he reported, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand coming from the sea. Then Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, get your chariot ready, and go down so the rain doesn't stop you. In a little while the sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and there was a downpour. So Ahab got in his chariot and went to Jezreel. And the power of Yahweh was on Elijah. And he tucked his mantle under his belt and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I pray that Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. First Kings chapter 18. Today we will look at the end of First Kings 18 one more time. I've enjoyed learning some things. And I've enjoyed refreshing my mind and hopefully your mind on some aspects of prayer for the last two weeks and the last two lessons. We've been reminded that when we pray, we're to be humble before our Creator. He's a mighty Creator. He's a wonderful, majestic, mighty One. We're to approach Him in humility. We're also to realize that our prayers could be the means or the result Yahweh accomplishing something upon the earth. We should never think we don't have to pray because Yahweh's got this. We should think, yes, Yahweh's got this and so I'm going to pray because my prayer can be just as much ordained as the end result. Hallelujah. And then we also learned last week that we're to continue praying and not get discouraged because Yahweh's timing is not our timing. Yahweh can answer prayers at different times and I'm not here to try to figure out the mind of Yahweh. Deuteronomy 29:29 29, 29 says the secret things belong to Yahweh, right? So there's some things that belong to Him. All I'm here to tell you is this. As the parable we read last week in Luke 18 says, keep on praying, don't get discouraged, don't faint. Yahweh is a just mighty one. And He'll hear the cries of His children. So in this lesson, I'd like to look at two more points, not about prayer, but two more points that I've gleaned from studying this text and here are the points. Number one is that the gifts that Yahweh gives to us are special and number two, the importance of keeping Yahweh's word, his law word, in front of us where we look at it all the time. And so one thing that I've mentioned as we start off with the gifts of Yahweh, i mentioned several times in these lessons through 1 Kings that a drought took place in Israel. How long did the drought last? Three and a half years. Brother Rocket, I think, jumped on that one. Three and a half years. If there's anything that you'll remember from these lessons, you will remember that. The drought lasted for three and one half years. That's a long time without rain, brothers and sisters. The blessing of Yahweh. Rain is always in right proportions. The blessing from above, blessing of Yahweh. So, that's a long time to go without rain. That's a long time to go without anything. But as is so often the case, We do not recognize the gifts of Yahweh. Rain is one of them. We do not recognize the gifts of Yahweh until they are taken away from us. That's my first point in this lesson. Okay? Now, last night it rained on my property. It rained so hard, not for too long, but it rained so hard that it woke me up. And I listened to it for a few seconds and then I went back to sleep. I didn't think it was anything spectacular. I did not jump out of bed and start jumping for joy when I heard the rain. And that's because I've grown to where I just expect it to happen. I expect it to rain. I figure, well, it's got to rain sooner or later. But the reality is that the rain is a gift from Yahweh. But because it's a gift that He gives us often, we grow accustomed to it. And we begin to view it as common, but it's not common. It's special. It's Yahweh's gift. We do not appreciate the gift until we go without the gift for a while. Take the gift away, and we begin to realize how wonderful it was. So Tisha and I once owned a house in Tennessee, Lobelville, Tennessee, in the Amish community. We had no electricity. We only had gravity flow water from a tank that was beside the house up on a little hill. And it was fed by a creek across the road. And gravity flow water from a tank meant that we had no automatic hot water. And the only way to get hot water was to take the time to fill the biggest pots that we had in the house with icy cold water from the creek and then heat those pots up on the stove. The thing about that was the stove was not an electric stove. It was a wood-burning stove. So we just couldn't go over there and turn the knob like I do every morning when I heat my water up for hot tea. I just turn the knob, and it just gets hot in a matter of minutes, and I like to hear it whistle. I don't take that pot off until I hear the whistle. I hear it whistle, and I know my water's ready for my hot tea. Well, I didn't have that in Tennessee, so we'd have to make sure we had firewood there, wood there to light on fire for the heat to cook with and heat water by. And one of the things that it took us a while to figure out was how to get a good hot bath. We couldn't just turn the water on in the tub like I do now. And then I've even got the tub with the jets in it, right? We didn't have none of that. That was not in Tennessee. I couldn't get the perfect ratio of hot to cold water up there like I do down here. And so to start with, the baths that I took were lukewarm. And if I wanted to take a shower, instead of a bath, I had to fill this plastic camp shower thing that we had. I'd fill it up, and I'd set it out in the sun all day, and then I'd come get it close to evening time, and I'd hang it up downstairs. We had this little makeshift shower, and I'd try to take a hot shower, but Sister Lisa, it never got hot. It was supposed to. The box that it came in said, "Heat this thing will heat up easy, solar power, all this kind of stuff. It just didn't work like the box said it would work. Now, I remember the first time that I drew a good hot bath. I had about four big pots on the stove, about maybe three gallons apiece, so 12 gallons total, and I finally got that water to boil, and steam was coming off of it there in the front room as you walked into the house. And I poured all of that scalding hot water into the old bear claw tub that we had, and then I began to just slowly add a little bit of cold water with water hose from the porch. That's where we would get the water from. I didn't have to add all that much cold water before I got the ratio that I needed. And when I sunk down, finally sunk down into that bath, that hot bath, even though it was only about six inches deep, I sunk down into that hot bath and I felt like I was taking the bath of a king. I was a king in a kingdom. And oh, how much I appreciated that good hot bath because I had went a while without getting one. When I sunk down in that, it wasn't a common thing. When I get home from work now, I turn the bath on, and it's a common thing that I'm going to get a hot bath that night. But when I went without it for a while, it became special to me. But it should always be special. It should always be looked upon as a gift. I was reminded that it was a gift. Many of Yahweh's gifts seem common, us because He is gracious enough to give them to us every single day. But they're not common. They're special. The sunrise each day, that is a gift. That's a gift from Father Yahweh. Yahweh makes His sun to rise each day. He gives that to us and we benefit from that big bright sun. We grow food to eat because of that sun. We receive vitamin D from that sun. That is a gift. The sunrise is a gift what happens every day, Brother Matthew. Yahweh could stop it. It's His Son. He could stop it if He wanted to. That's a gift from Father Yahweh. The air that we breathe and the ability to inhale and exhale is a gift. I know that it seems common because we experience it every day, but it's not common. It's special. It's just that Yahweh blesses us all the time with that gift. But we rarely consider it to be a gift, a special thing. Our wives, men, are a gift. We often forget that because we see them and we talk to them every day. But they're not common. They're a gift from Yahweh. I was reading my Proverbs the other day and it said that houses and wealth can be inherited from a man's daddy. But a sensible wife only comes from Yahweh. If you have a sensible wife, that's a gift from Yahweh. Yahweh gave you that wife. I recently went about four days without seeing my wife, not without talking to her on the phone, but without seeing her or without holding her hand, giving her a hug, giving her a kiss. And it reminded me that she was a gift, not to be taken for granted. She's Yahweh's blessing to me. Yahweh gave her to me. I did not earn her. Yahweh blessed me with her. And the same thing goes for rain, your children, a congregation, and a host of other gifts from above. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. There's no shadow with Him, no turning. It's usually not until we have to do without one of these gifts that we realize, hey, this is special. This is a gift. They're special things. They're not ordinary things. So after Elijah prayed in 1 Kings 18.42, the gift of rain returned. And boy, did it seem like a gift after three and a half years. It wasn't common. It was a gift. Yahweh had taken away that rain. I guarantee you the people realized how special it was when it finally came back, when Yahweh sent it. So my exhortation to all of you tonight is to realize the gifts of Yahweh in your life. Count your blessings. Before you go to bed at night, before you close your eyes, begin to count the gifts of Yahweh in your life. The things that maybe before you came to church tonight you may have considered to be common, maybe before you heard the sermon. But now realize those are gifts. They're not common, they're gifts. Count your blessings. Recognize that they're gifts before they're taken away. Not when they're taken away. Before they're taken away. Don't wait until you don't have them anymore to start appreciating them. Appreciate them now while you have them. These are gifts of Yahweh. Look at that son and you smile and you thank the Most High. You tell him out loud, no matter who's around you, you say, thank you, Father, for making your son, it's Yahweh's son, making your son to rise each day. Thank you, Father, for that gift. When you breathe in and you breathe out and you walk and you talk and you wake up from sleep, you thank Yahweh for those gifts. Those are gifts from Yahweh. And when it rains, thank Yahweh for for that gift. When you eat dinner, thank Yahweh for the food. You would not be able to have the food that you have if Yahweh didn't give you the means to get the food. Either grow it or buy it from somebody. You wouldn't be able to have it. When you see your spouse in the morning, thank Yahweh for that gift. When you see your children and you hug them, thank Yahweh for that gift and tell them that you're thankful for them. You know, there's a scripture that says in 1 John three eighteen. it says, Little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And what that means is that actions speak louder than words. So I think that we should show people that we love them. But you know what? That doesn't mean that we shouldn't tell them that we love them. We should tell them too. My wife likes to hear, I love you, honey. I appreciate you, honey. And if I'm being honest, I like to hear it from her. Matthew, I love you. She told me today, she said, I love you, Matthew. And I still get weak in the knees when she tells me that she loves me. I love it. I'll be married 19 years on Sunday. Praise Yahweh. That's more important than the Falcons game, isn't it? Where's Brother Jerry at? <laughs> 19 years. I love her more now than I loved her when I first knew I was going to marry her. And it's a different type of love even now. It's not just a, a physical attraction. It is still a physical attraction. There's There's nothing wrong with that. Husbands and wives. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's also a spiritual attraction that I have that my wife loves me and she she treats me like a king and and I want to treat her like a queen. I want her to feel like she's the most loved woman on the planet. That's what I want. That's what us husbands should want for our wives. So she's a gift. It may seem that she's coming to me because I see her all the time, but she's not coming. She's a gift. My children are gifts. Tell people, your friends, their gifts, tell them that you you don't consider them to be ordinary, but you consider them to be a gift. You see them as Yahweh's special gift. That's my first point in the sermon tonight. Let me go to my second point now. Let's switch gears. Don't forget that first point. Let's switch gears to point number two. Look with me again to 1 Kings 18. Let's read verses 45 and 46. 1 Kings eighteen forty five and 46, it says, In a little while the sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and there was a downpour. So Ahab got in his chariot and went to Jezreel. The power of Yahweh was on Elijah, and he tucked his mantle under his belt and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. That verse makes me smile every time that I read it because it really happened. This is Yahweh's inspired word. The power of Yahweh came upon Eliyahu, Navi, prophet Elijah, Yahweh put that power on him for that time, and that power enabled Elijah to run ahead of Ahab's chariot. That's some fast running, isn't it? We're talking about a chariot. That means a horse or horses, plural, pulling Ahab on wheels. Ahab's on wheels, and Elijah outruns the horses and the chariot on the wheels. Why did Yahweh allow Elijah to run ahead of Ahab the king. I don't think that it was to show that Elijah was against Ahab for Elijah spared Ahab. Remember when Elijah slaughtered the 450 prophets of Baal? of Baal, He spared King Ahab. He didn't slaughter Ahab. That was back in verse 40. And then Elijah told Ahab in verse 41, Go eat and drink. Go have a feast. That's what that means. Go feast. You've been mercyed, Ahab. The victory of Yahweh has come to me on Mount Carmel, and you've been mercied. So Elijah desired for Ahab to repent and to follow Yahweh. That was his desire for Ahab. Now, I believe that the reason that Yahweh placed his power upon Elijah to run ahead of the chariot is to give us an outward picture, specifically to give King Ahab an outward picture, but also to give us, for the generations to come, an outward picture. See, Elijah, remember, I told on this, Elijah at this time, he represented the word of Yahweh. He was the law of Yahweh in human form, represented the word of Yahweh. Elijah was Yahweh's mouthpiece upon the earth at this time. Elijah was the means through which Yahweh was communicating to men like Ahab and other men. So when Elijah spoke, Yahweh was speaking. When Elijah hid himself by that creek, It was Yahweh removing the blessing of his word because Elijah represented the word. So Elijah was Yahweh's man. He was a man of Yahweh more than anybody else at this particular time in the history of the nation of Israel. So for Elijah to run ahead of Ahab meant that as Ahab rode that chariot bumping on them wheels, he had to look up ahead and he would see Elijah and them feet was just a-going. And he was looking at Elijah. Think about it. You're on the chariot. Horses are pulling you fast, but up ahead you see this elderly, gray-headed, gray-bearded man with his loins girded up, the bottom of his robe tucked up in his belt, and he's out running the chariot. That's what you see. That represented the word of Yahweh going in front and you following him back. I believe that's the picture that Yahweh is trying to get us to see right here. Yahweh was telling Ahab, Ahab, you need to keep your eyes on Elijah, for I have chosen him to be my mouthpiece upon the land. He is the chosen vessel that comes in my name. You listen to him, Ahab. You listen to Elijah the prophet, and you will prosper. See, if Ahab took his eyes off of Elijah, if Ahab quit following the lead of the prophet of Yahweh, the man of Yahweh, Ahab would fail. Taking his eyes off of Elijah meant taking his eyes off of the law of Yahweh. You can rest assured Elijah was a man that was invested in the law of Yahweh. He knew it forwards and backwards, and he practiced it, and he obeyed it. I'm not saying Elijah was a sinless man, but I'm saying that he's more righteous than Brother Matthew. He's a lot more righteous than me, a lot more righteous than probably anybody on the earth today. Yahweh specifically chose this man, singled him out to speak through at this particular point in time. Taking your eyes off of Elijah, Ahab, means you take your eyes off of the law of Yahweh, and that's not right. Brothers and sisters, if we run our race here upon the earth, and the Bible does picture our life as a race, if we run our race here upon the earth without Yahweh's law up ahead of us, looking at it, we are doomed. We can't get in front of the law and have the law behind us where we're not looking at it to make our decisions in life. We've got to put the law in front of us, look to the law, and be led and guided by Yahweh's law. His instructions. It's the only instructions really. All other instructions fall short from Yahweh's law. I've taught a couple of lessons on prayer lately but I want to remind you something else that the Bible says about prayer. In Proverbs 28 verse 9 the Bible says, He that turneth his ear from hearing the law even his prayer shall be an abomination. Now the phrase hearing the law there does not mean that you come to Sabbath service and you listen to the law be read, and then that's all that there is. That's okay. That's not what hearing the law means. Listening to the law, hearing the law means you are listening with the intent and the mindset, okay, I've heard it, now I'm going to go practice and obey it. That's what Yahweh means. If you turn your ear from hearing the instruction manual of Yahweh, then you can pray to Yahweh until you're blue in the face and your prayer is in vain. It's an abomination to Yahweh. Now I meditate on that Think That's Bible. That's Scripture. That's hard, I know, but it's it's Bible. When the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, that word hear, listen, is in the Hebrew word shema. It doesn't just mean listen audibly. It means listen with the intent to obey. And the obeying part there is Yahweh our Mighty One, Yahweh alone, all by Himself. He's to be the Mighty One of the Israelites, all by Himself. That's what you got to listen. That's what you got to obey. When us parents tell our children, please listen to me, we don't just mean for the child to audibly hear us. We mean that we desire for our child to obey what they are hearing. Instead of letting our words as a parent go in one ear and out the other. You've heard that saying, I'm sure. Don't let my words go in one ear and out the other. And if we listen to Yahweh like that, if Yahweh speaks to us like that, whether we read His Word, whether directly, whether through the man of Yahweh, through the woman of Yahweh in our life, if Yahweh is speaking to us and we let His words go in one ear and out the other, and we don't listen with the intent to obey, we don't shema, when His Word goes in one of our ears and out the other, then our prayers go in one of His ears and out the other. They're in vain. They're an abomination to Yahweh. Yahweh's word, law, commandments must go before us. They must go in front of us or we have no hope. We cannot outrun His law in our own chariot and think that we can accomplish something. Sometimes I get it in my mind that I can accomplish something upon this earth and sometimes, without even realizing it, I'll leave Yahweh to the side. Sometimes I'll face decisions in my life and I'll forget to pray about it and I'll go directly to trying to figure it out on my own. That's not proper. That's not proper. It's okay to put works with your faith, but you've got to have the faith first. You've got to have the prayer first. Don't ever attempt to do something on your own power without asking Yahweh to give you the power to do it as a believer. Prayer, faith, and works. Yahweh's Word's got to go in front of us. The Scripture says in Proverbs 3, Do not be wise in your own eyes, and also do not lean unto your own understanding. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart. When we outrun Yahweh's law, thinking that we've got a good enough plan, and Yahweh's law's back here, and we're in the front leading the way, and we can't see the law because we've done outrun it, we get in a mess. We make a mess of everything. Because we're no longer following His instructions. No decision that you make outside of Yahweh's law is a good decision. That bears repeating. No decision, brothers and sisters whom I love, that you make outside of Yahweh's law is a good decision. Those are all bad decisions. Every step that you take should be taken with His law at your forefront. Think about Elijah running in front of you, representing the word, the law of Yahweh. When you make marriage decisions, job decisions, financial decisions, friendship decisions, you need to always consult what does Yahweh say? What does the law of Yahweh say? What does His instruction say? Because in the end it does not matter what we think or what we want. It only matters that we keep His Word in front of our eyes. And really, we ought to put the blinders on like the horses and only look at Yahweh's law. And then we'll be led into green pastures and beside still waters. He'll restore our soul. You've heard of people putting the cart before the horse? Well, if you do that, you don't have anything to pull the cart. Amen? Right? Well, that's what it's like when you try to steer through life without Yahweh leading your way. It's like you try to steer or pull a cart without a horse or the horse is behind the cart. You can't do it. Sometimes we think we can, but we end up finding out that we should have listened to what Yahweh told us. Life is always full of hardships. But I promise you that you will pull through those hardships if you keep Yahweh's law in front of you and you let it lead and you follow. I I don't have this verse in my notes, but I want to read something in Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. The Bible teaches, this in Joshua chapter 1, this just came to me, we find the true prosperity message, not the prosperity gospel, but we find the true prosperity message in the Bible. And this is from the words of Yehoshua, the son of Nun, the successor of Moses. Joshua chapter 1, 6 through 8, he says, Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous, Yahweh speaking through Joshua, to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. That's the biblical prosperity message. Follow the law of Yahweh, and He will give you great success, and you will prosper. In Jeremiah 10, 23, listen to these verses as I read them. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, I know, O Yahweh, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Psalm 119, verse 59 says this, I thought about my ways and I turned my steps back to your decrees. Oh, yeah. Psalm one hundred nineteen one thirty three says, Make my steps steady through your promise. Don't let any sin dominate me. And Ecclesiastes 5, 1, one of my favorites, it says, Guard your steps when you go to the house of the Almighty. Better to draw near in obedience than to offer the sacrifice as a fool for they ignorantly do wrong. See, the power of Yahweh came on Elijah that day as it began to rain, as the downpour came after three and a half years. And Elijah girded up his loins, and he ran ahead of Ahab's chariot. Yahweh's man, Yahweh's word, Yahweh's way. Get that, get that. Yahweh's way had to be in front of the king, not behind the king. That's why the power of Yahweh let Elijah run ahead of Ahab. The king could not rule properly unless he was focused on the word of Yahweh. And oh, what grace and mercy was bestowed upon King Ahab! Think about it. If anybody would make you shout, His mercy endureth forever, it should be the story of Ahab. Remember, Ahab was not a good man. He was one of the most evil kings over the house of Israel. Yet Yahweh here is giving him another opportunity. Yahweh is giving him another chance. To serve him. Yahweh did not have Elijah slaughter him like the prophets of Baal. Yahweh was merciful to Ahab. And mercy is when, when, when Yahweh withholds something from you that you deserve. You deserve to be punished. You deserve to be scolded. But Yahweh mercies you. He says, Ahab, you're getting mercy. You don't deserve it, but you're getting mercy. Ahab deserved death. He really did. He violated all kind of commandments. First and second commandment transgression, having other gods and making idols. Read the end of First Kings chapter 16. He violated all kind of commandments. Right. He even authorized the rebuilding of the city of Jericho. And back in Joshua chapter 6, Yahweh commanded that that city never be rebuilt again. And Ahab said, let's rebuild it under my regime. Cursed be the man that does that, Yahweh says. Yeah. Yahweh He's a merciful, mighty one. He can choose to be merciful. And he did on Ahab. Yahweh was merciful. Elijah got in front of Ahab. Yahweh was telling him, just follow my word. Look to what I'm saying through my prophet. And that's what Yahweh is saying to each and every person here tonight, including myself. Look to my word, Yahweh says. My word has all the answers, Yahweh tells you. Quit trying to guide your own path. You need me as your guide. You need my law. See, his law, my friends, is perfect. It's perfect. Psalm 19, verse 7. It converts the soul. It's perfect. Why don't we read it more? Why don't we study it more? It's perfect. It's got everything laid out for us. It's perfect. I beg you, do not turn your ear from hearing the law of Yahweh. I don't want your prayers to be an abomination. I don't want mine to be an abomination. He said, Brother Matthew, I know I don't got it all figured out. He didn't say you had to have it all figured out. He just said, don't turn your ear from hearing it, from listening to it with the intent to be obedient to it. He said, Brother Matthew, I still have problems. I still struggle with sins and mistakes in my life. That's okay. That's all right. He said, listen with an intent to obey. Don't turn your ear from my law. Repent when you find out you're sinning. Be quick to repent. Keep humbling yourself under Yahweh's mighty hand. Keep asking Yahweh what He would have you to do. And then go and read His law so that you can listen to His voice to find your answer. As I say, and it makes some people laugh, but it's true. So many people want Yahweh to speak to them. And I always tell people, if you want Yahweh to speak to you, then read your Bible. He'll speak to you. And if you want Yahweh to speak to you out loud... Read it out loud, and He'll speak to you out loud. Hello. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Father Yahweh, help us to appreciate Your gifts. They are special. Help us to realize that the things that we consider to be common are not common, but they are gifts from above. And Father, incline our hearts to Your commandments. Help us to obey. Help us to walk behind You following you up ahead so that we can look at you and walk where you lead us instead of going in our own direction. Help us to be obedient, Yahweh Father. Help me, Yahweh. Help me. In the name of your holy child, Yeshua, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.